welcome, welcome. We had quite a busy week of boxing. We got a lot to get into. Terrence Crawford made his return in, uh, yeah. We had uh, the return of Tiafimo Lopez. Lex, one of your favorites. He's been in your, what, you say you fade five for a while now? You affectionately I'm favorite, called him. But I, definitely, I definitely at one point was a Tiafimo fan. He lost me pretty quickly. Nah, he didn't lose you quickly. You defended him for a long time, but we'll get into that. Uh, and Josh <laughs> Warrington in a heck of a dirty fight. Manny Pacquiao even returned to the ring. We got a lot to talk about. We got a really good competitive, at least on paper, fight coming up this weekend. So let's get right into things. Thank you guys for listening. I'm Angelo. I'm the host. And over there is our boy Lex. Lex, say hello. What's good? All right. So um, last night, we had the return of Tiafima Lopez. This is the former in quotes, undisputed champion at lightweight. And why is it in quotes? Because it's undisputed uh, sometimes, you know, depending on who you're asking and, and what the context is. But um, the man who vanquished Vasily Lomachenko, um, he returns and wins a really close, but the cards weren't that close decision over Sandor Martin. Give me your assessment of what you saw from Tiafema last night. I wasn't scoring round by round, right? Um, I was just laying in bed, just trying to enjoy the fight. Um, I did think he won, but again, I wasn't scoring round by round, but I was disappointed in his performance. He he looks like he hasn't really like regained his mental i guess like he still mm -hmm. seems to like buy into his own hype mm -hmm. he fought very one-dimensionally he's still like in love with his own power and the problem with that like i think i said it on the last podcast i don't want to judge too harshly his his previous performance his first fight at 140 i thought the duel was kind of tough i want to wait to see how he looks in this one I wasn't impressed, man. The power did not look like it converted to 140. Doesn't look like he's added any extra wrinkles. His dad doesn't seem to be a competent trainer. And, <laughs> you know, like, judging from what I saw yesterday, I think there are like seven guys I'd pick over Teofimo 140. Maybe more. I mean, there are probably that many guys I'd pick at lightweight to come up and beat him. Um... Yeah, I mean, whatever. Like, like real quick, like, Antoine, Josh Taylor, Zepeda, Regis. Um, what's Rick Marigian's guy? The uh, Mexican dude. Um, I don't know who you you might be talking about. There's uh, there's a lot of guys that meet that description. Or <laughs> no, various, I think it's, it's, it's Ramirez. Isn't it Ramirez? I think at one Jose point? Ramirez. Yeah, Jose Ramirez five. Like, who's the dude that Antoine, the the, the Cuban kid, Bartholomew? I don't know about that one right there. Bartholomew, but... if, yo, if Teofimo couldn't hurt an outbox, Sandor Martin, Bartholomew, who is like six feet tall and clearly has a little bit of pop, may stop Teofimo, to be completely honest. What I will I say wouldn't is that pick him would be horrible to watch. <laughs> I wouldn't pick him over Subriel Matias. I mean, it's not it's not looking good for Teofimo. I don't know if I'd pick him over like Batir Ahmedov, to be completely honest. I definitely pick him over 
Akhmedov. But your point is 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 well taken. I think um, for me watching that fight, I was um, you know a, a part of me was like, okay, is Sandor Martin actually a little bit better than we give him credit for? And watching that fight, I think the answer is no. Um, I think he's <laughs> properly rated. I think people think that he's a good fighter. He's a tricky guy. It's a southpaw. He can move a little bit. But I didn't watch that and think to myself, Sandor is legitimately a guy that we've slept on. That is not what I saw. Um, much like you, I definitely think Tiafimo, like there, there's got to be huge changes made with him because he's regressed really badly. And like, it is rare, I think, to see fighters who reach a level that Tiafimo has reached and, and look like, because after the, the Lomachenko fight, it looked like the victory was tactical. Um, there was some aspects of it where it was like, okay, Lomachenko was clearly hesitant because of Tiafimo's power and his speed, which he wasn't expecting. I can definitely hear that argument, but it, it was largely a tactical win. Like he looked like a guy that just, he did all the right things that he needed to do. Now, could we say that because Tiafimo at that time had a, an additional trainer in Joey Gamash in his corner that was helping him put these game plans together, that he was allowed to flourish. And the moment that he disappears, Tiafimo, you know, trained by his dad shows a complete regression with his skills. And now, I mean, like, if I'm looking at what I, I, because, I, like, you can't remember every moment of a fight. Largely, you remember highlights or, like, the conceptual things that happened, maybe a, a little highlight here or there. What I remember from last night is that Tiafimo, to condense it, you know, to summarize it, was either doing one of two things, loading up or lunging forward with shots like i don't recall any real setup work i don't recall a body jab or even really a consistent jab upstairs it didn't look like he was um it didn't look like he had any of like the basic fundamental things going for him that usually open up the wide range of your your offensive arsenal which tfm was shown he's like got good speed good power and he like can throw pretty clever creative shots at times none of that was there the guy seems like he he's fighting one way and then the ultimate like you know white flag of like i don't know what i'm really doing in the ring is oh he was running the whole fight it's like sandor wasn't running sandor was <laughs> moving but like that was not running you know and so that's tiafimo not really putting in the work that he needed to put into that fight to prevent Sandor from moving around you know I, I don't recall Gennady Golovkin in, in any of the fights that he had on HBO where they you know he was supposed to go in there and knock dudes out and he mostly I think he he actually yeah all of those fights that he got where he was supposed to knock guys out he did knock them out and one thing he never said after the fight was that they ran and the reason why he didn't is because he just cut off the ring on them and that's what you're supposed to do when you're in the ring with guys like of a Sandor Martin level if you're Tiafima Lopez, you know, the takeover, you've been given this platform. And that's another thing, you know, with it, with all that said, and there was like, you, you saw the comments that he made after the fight, right? Asking if he still has it. Yes. I mean, for, for those that didn't see, can you, can you like explain to people what they missed? 
So I'm not exactly sure when he made this comment. I mean, it was after the fight. I think that it was after the announcement was made. I think his gloves were off. There weren't many people like in the audience, I think. But he looked at his dad and he was like, he looked kind of curious. He was just like, do I still have it? He kind of like shrugged and like laughed after, but it wasn't like a confident laugh or a sarcastic laugh. He was kind of just like uh, trying to be happy in a moment that he was unsure of. It was very weird. He looked like really introspective and like the, the, the sound of his voice, it wasn't like the, it was kind of like that, you know, no one's listening voice. You know, it was like a, a lot calmer. A lot yeah you know, that's a good point it's definitely like a thought that you would have in your head and you would like contemplate to yourself but you wouldn't say it out loud like it, it was it's almost like like a dude who was dating someone for a lot a, a long time like was like newly single and he was like trying to holler at girls and like he kept getting rejected and you're just like damn like am i this like off like yeah that was uh it's a bad look man i, I don't think like i don't think Keo needs gym time for real. I think he needs time away from boxing. Um, as odd as that may sound. No, I, I can definitely hear that out because, like, if you look at like the last what two years, you look at him basically after the Lomachenko win to now, it seems like a guy that you know, like he, it all happened really fast for him. You know, f- from going to or from from beating Kome, you know, getting that that world title. To, to get in the Lomachenko fight. And then, I, I mean, I guess we should say after the Komei fight, the Lomachenko fight, and then now, like, you could see, like, the, the 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 graph goes up really sharply, and then it's just all down at this point. And, um, you know, it's just one thing after the other with this guy in terms of, like, you know, is his mind right? Uh, he's, he's out here saying weird things. He's not performing the way everyone expected him to. And, I mean, <clears throat> you can ask the question. I don't know if... I don't know if I agree with this, but just a question you, is worth asking is like, I mean, did we, were we wrong about him? In terms of? Like he, him being the guy, because I mean, effectively, that's kind of how everyone no, perceived it. I think Teofimo is a victim of like his own success because the trajectory he was on, he looked like a guy. And had he, had he, keep working or had he have kept working and stayed humble and like not bought into his own hype I think he wouldn't be so far off the pace he was on but like when you just listen to him it's like he's always worried about like like oh we're coming for Josh Taylor in the UK and then we want Regis to like you, you, you're talking about Ryan versus Tank, but really, I'm the pay per view guy, and it's just like, dude, like, you're you're wildly delusional, and you're focused on all these other guys, but you need to be focused on yourself, and like being behind Tank theoretically is okay. Like you don't have to like fake that you're ahead of Tank. You're not, and I, I think he just has so many like weird little like insecurities and and just like weird personality traits i guess that is it's just not it's not it's not meshing well in boxing like you gotta be mentally tougher in this yeah. sport. <clears throat> I, well i think that i i think the argument that maybe teofimo just wasn't who we thought he was um 
you know, I think that, that there could be truth to there. I mean, the Nakatani fight was clearly an indication early on that this dude does struggle with fighters and they're they're he's not this like guy who's gonna figure out a way to break everyone down and knock him out. Um the Comey, knockouts always tend to like drastically skew how people talk about you. So like the Diego Magdaleno knockout, the Comey knockouts, those are all I mean, those are you know, cool highlights. But did they mask shortcomings? Um maybe, you know, if somebody made that case to me I'm not going to just reject it outright, you know. I would definitely listen and, and you know, say maybe. Um, but I, I think what's more important, though, is that, like, mentally, this dude is just not quite, like, he just doesn't, there's some work to be done there. And I Yo, don't he, know that, he's not wound tight, bro. He's just not wound very tight for a sport like boxing that's, like, you have to be, like, unbreakable. Like, you have to be, like, to be successful in this sport, you have to be like ready for anything and everything. And it seems like little things just send him off. I think, um, you know, another aspect of this, and, and I, I guess we'll get into the judges scorecards in a second, but the platform that he's given and the way that everything was presented last night, like I almost have the, the theory that top rank and ESPN are like they're actually putting the spotlight on him and setting this guy up to fail. Yo, I got those vibes, man. Like after last night's fight, I I totally got like. Now I want to make this... one thing clear. Sorry, sorry. No, 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 no. It's, it's fine. But I just want to make sure before we go any further. I don't mean that they're setting him up to lose. I don't think that they're trying to do that. But I think in terms of like, um, almost like they're trying to humble him. Like they're trying to almost make him look bad. Like when when he's doing weird shit, they just let that camera sit on him. You know what I'm saying? They 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 film stuff like and then they show it and talk about him saying, "Do I still got it after?" It's like for me, on one hand, that is compelling TV and like it gives us something to talk about. But like if like that's my guy, that's my fighter that I'm hoping someday can take us to the promised land pay-per-view with Devin Haney, which I think you probably could do um, if Tiafimo State doesn't doesn't go off the rails. Um, Yeah, like, I'm not going to show you that because it makes my guy look bad. And, you know, the whole thing with his, with the, uh, his, uh, the baby's mom and the kid coming well, can in. Can you really explain what happened? Baby. I missed that. I didn't see that. So after the fight, um, he was doing his interview and then I guess he was finished or whatever, or maybe it was before the interview. And he walked over to the ropes and was like, um, trying to have her bring the baby into the ring. And you can't hear what's being said, but I don't know if they were like the, the officials were saying you can't bring him into the ring or if she was like, nah, he's not coming in there. And he was trying to say like, no, put him in the ring. And she was like, no, I don't know. That's another thing, like, before the Cambosos fight, like, he had this weird interview on that, um, I think they had done, like, a pre, like, a pre-fight, like, a little documentary on it, and, like, he had this, like, really awkward, like, you know, the baby's not here right now, but, um, you know, uh, hopefully I'll see him soon or something like that, and, you know, I don't know, maybe there's something going on there, but that's the sort of thing, like, I don't know, do we need to see this stuff? But are these are these like 
are they intentionally catching these moments or are, is T.O.'s life so in disarray that they're just happening to catch him? You know, I don't know. I don't know. But it was all framed very weird. And I'm just saying that if it, if if I was the one in charge, I would not have put that stuff on TV. But that's just me. You guys may feel differently. And, and like, I mean, it seems like to not put that stuff on TV, you just have to take Teofimo off TV at this point. Uh, maybe. But, um, yeah. Anyway, let's talk about the judges. Um, one one judge had Sandor... Basically, had it a draw because Sandor... And, oh, that's another thing we didn't even mention. Sandor dropped him. Now, it wasn't a hard knockdown. I think Teofimo was fine. But it's like, in the sport of boxing, if you go down and you get hit with the punch... Um, 99% of the time, that should be a knockdown. And like keeping your balance in the ring, whether you know equilibrium is intact or not, your balance is something that is like a key factor that you need. And Tiafimo, if he got reckless, got hit with the shot coming in, and he goes down. That happened twice. One time it was counted as a knockdown, the other time it wasn't. Now, having seen the scorecards, we now know that it didn't fucking matter because the two judges had it wide enough that. Sandro Martin would have needed four knockdowns in order to have gotten a decision victory. But um, I think most people watching saw that like 95-94 was a lot closer to the truth of what we saw than 97-92 or whatever it was. But I, I, if I recall correctly, you said before that you thought he won. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I wasn't going round by round. I wasn't like super duper locked in on every punch landed and stuff like that. But I, I did like that uh, Teofimo was initiating the action, but that doesn't always mean that you deserve to win. So it's like, take, you know, me saying he won, like, it's not like, that's not like I'm super adamant about it. Like, I'm open for, it was a close fight. It was a close fight. If you felt Sandro won, I have no beef with that. Um, Teo did get knocked down twice. The second one was not a slip, but um, I mean, we know what it is, you know, like Teo's top ranks guy. Like he's gonna probably do a pretty good rating. Wow. For how long? Yeah. That's the question. Listen, he's a very good cash out candidate right now. Like a, a huge play, in my opinion, is if uh Devin comes up, which inevitably probably happens. Devin beating Tio would be a really good look for top rank, in my opinion. I don't know if they do it, but I think they're setting it all up. Hundred percent. That, like that's also going to be how they re-sign Devin Haney. Is they're going to hang, uh, you want to fight Tiafima Lopez on pay-per-view maybe? I don't know. Why don't you come sign this little here contract? You know what's great about that is like like top rank doesn't have to play like the you're my guy thing with that fight because say T.O. just like flipped Devin and Devin's chin is not, is like shitty like some people say. Like T.O.'s back on the map with that. Well, I mean, anybody beating Devin Haney is going to be on the map, but uh, yeah, but it's like for it to for it to be Teofimo, who who definitely is a top ranked guy, like that's that's a win. Like Imagine it's, it's a how off the rails Teofimo would go if he like knocked out Devin Haney. <laughs> yeah, we'll that be would right be back very, here in two years. Like we don't, we haven't gotten like that moment for a while, but like. Like Fury knocking out Wilder, even though like I, that's not a favorite moment of mine, is like one of those moments. Or if like Tank knocked out Ryan theoretically, or vice versa, it would be like one of those moments. Tio knocking out Devin would be like nuts. Like imagine if so Devin immediate. knocked out Tiafimo. 
Yeah, and, and knockout either way. Well, I mean, like, you should have pop off. You should have said like, we're we're, li- we're not living in fantasy land, okay? Yeah, I mean, you never know. We don't. Who knows? It's as close to a sure thing of all the things we've said thus far, as there could be. I mean, he got knocked down by by Sandor. Yeah, but <clears throat> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> uh, um. Well, anyway, well, about the scoring, I'll just say that I don't, I didn't disagree with the result. I, I actually thought that Tiafimo had a really fair argument for winning the fight. Um, I could also see Sandor winning the fight, but just I was like, yo, ninety-seven, like that means that Tiafimo is out here losing three rounds or two rounds technically with a knockdown. What am I watching, or what are you guys watching, or what did I miss that you guys clear, clearly saw? But just for me, like I do think that probably if I was scoring it, I would have given it to Tiafimo because largely I thought that face aside, Tiafimo marks up pretty easily. I still think that he landed the harder shots over the course of the fight, or at least they look like they were harder. Who knows? Um, but yeah. Anyway, where do you go next with Tiafimo? It's tough, man. Like one forty, like one forty isn't the most like glamorous division by name, but there's a lot of like decent little fighters there. I don't know, like Arnold Barbosa has been barking up Tio's tree. Maybe you could do that. Maybe if you're not so sure about Tio, you do. Who? Oh yeah, Pedraza's fighting Barbosa, so you can't really run back Pedraza. Wait, they're gonna do that fight? They're just gonna move him along? I thought Pedraza and uh, Barbosa is happening. Oh, I don't. I don't even know. Um, oh yeah, you're right. I, did they announce it yesterday? I missed this. I was not sure if they announced it yesterday, but I just remember hearing about it. Maybe on Twitter. Well, I think like um, the, so one they're they're very particular about the matchmaking, and so it'll be interesting to see who he's fighting next because that'll give you a, you know, it'll give you insight into what they think of him. You know, this is a guy in Tiafimo who most people had as a pound-for-pound level before the Cambosos fight. And then now he's fighting the Sandor Martins of the world. Uh, a guy with three losses at this, or what, what two losses coming in, including one to Anthony Yigit, which is like, I don't know about that, man. Um, you look on Boxer, like, who would be a good guy, like, like objectively? Uh, I mean, just like, the right guy's now. available. Like, he's not going to fight Regis Pro, right? Um... No, that's like a that's a disastrous idea. Well, that too, but I just think like uh like in terms of like the the sanctioning body stuff, I don't think that's how it's going to shake out. Josh Taylor, I don't know what Josh Taylor is doing, but that dude needs to get back in the ring. Um, and and presumably if he doesn't go to one forty seven, which by the way, after all this layoff, to see Josh Taylor get back at one forty when he was already at one forty seven, I am doubtful. Yo, you know who I pick over? Teofimo also, now that I'm looking at a list of like 140 guys. Sergey Lipinets. That's my guy. Shout to shout to Lipinets. That would be a fantastic fight, though. I, I don't know who wins it, but that would be a really good fight. Um if fucking Sergey Lipinets can make eight rounds with boost big ass, Teofimo ain't doing <laughs> shit then. That is that's that's a really good point. Um yeah, I I, I think Lipinets makes the distance. The, the question is. You know, does he does he win? Um, but yeah, I'm looking at the list. Like Jose Ramirez is probably gonna be fighting. Uh, who's who's he fighting next? I think he fights. Um, 
Oh, maybe he's got TFMO coming up. Man, 140's got some names, man. Yeah, it's a division that's turned over pretty well. I think um I think for a while 140 it's, it's didn't look too hot. Yeah, it's just tough cuz like the like like no one has like all of the guys. It's kind of like like sprinkled across PBC and top rank. I think it but on the other hand, I think it's good because like well, not that it's good. Well, actually, who cares if it's good or not? I think the important part is that I feel like everyone has a pretty solid stable of guys to match. And so sure. there are good matchups that can be had at 140, whether you're watching ESPN or you're watching Showtime or something. Everyone's like the, the pool at 140 is deep enough at this point. You know, we'll see who's actually like, you know, shakes out to be good. But just looking at the list of names, like it just looks like a lot of these guys are at at worst just like solid names to match up with these dudes. Like if you look at Boxtrack, like you got someone like Kenneth Sims all the way down at 42. And Kenneth Sims is like not a bad fighter at all. Um, I might see him this weekend. But... I think I think Barbosa is the right guy, man. Like if Teofimo can't get through Barbosa, it's, it's like he's fucked anyway. <laughs> hey. Um. All right. Let's um. Let's move on. Terrence Crawford. Actually, no. Let's talk about the undercard before we get. Yeah, to I was Crawford. gonna say, are we gonna do the card or go straight to Crawford? Um. So on the undercard, we had Jared Anderson versus Jerry Forrest. That fight lasted what two or three rounds? Two. I think. Yeah, I think it was two. And um, I mean, it was pretty interesting for as long as it lasted. Jerry. Yeah, Forrest. the first round was was interesting i mean like jerry force was in there <laughs> he was landing on big baby nothing like super clean but like he was reaching his target for sure and it's heavyweight boxing so you never can quite know but uh big baby fights with an, a very a very aggressive style he doesn't really fight like heavyweight at all he fights more like a like a, a 35 or something like that or like a 40 year um hurt was 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 just overwhelming for us in the first round and Forrest didn't really recover too well between rounds and in the second he just got him up out of there. Yeah, Jerry Forrest came out with the the I don't know if it was a good strategy, but it was an interesting strategy at least, which was like I'm just gonna test him. I'm gonna <laughs> let my hands go and if I catch him and I might, I might. But I also thought that maybe Jerry Forrest was banking on like, look, let's get him to he Jared Anderson hasn't gone deep in too many fights. So why don't we test him? Like let let him let's see what he does after emptying the clip in the first round. If we can, you know, take him deep into the fight and, and see if, you know, we can get him there. But um and I actually think you're underselling Jerry Forrest's success the first round. He was landing like a really clean <laughs> left hand. Like he landed it probably like six or seven times. Um you don't first of all, you don't see dudes in the heavyweight division actually get hit that often with shots that look like that and don't get hurt. So like that was pretty interesting. Although maybe Jerry Forrest wasn't putting everything on it and was just kind of like banking on being fast and not being, you know, throwing with such such power. Um, yeah, I mean for I, I would say it for like for like 90 seconds it was like a 50-50 fight basically. Yeah. I mean, I th I thought Jared Anderson was actually like I was like He's going to get hurt. 
Yeah, there were there were definitely a few times, a few shots. I was like, yo, if he lands like a bit more cleaner, like I, Big Baby might go down. Yeah, it, it just seemed like one of those fights was like, this is heavyweight. You can't be fighting like this. What are you doing? And that's that's like kind of my big takeaway with that fight is like, as cool as Big Baby looks and he does look appealing, I don't like the idea of fighting like like little guy style at heavy. It's dudes punch too hard, man. Like you can't go against a Luis Ortiz theoretically and try to like just like dump on him and just like out you little guys can outgun because like usually there aren't guys like Tank who could just like have who just have an eraser. At heavyweight, there are a lot of erasers. Even guys who aren't supposed to have erasers. Like Fury, theoretically. Like, you're not going to go and just, like, dump on Fury. He's too big and, like, it's not going to work, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, like, these dudes are too big. Like, they're everyone's got a neutralizer. And um, Jared Anderson's variation of a neutralizer, though, isn't just, like, a one-punch thing. It's like, no, the dude is just going to... He could just overwhelm you, which you don't see a lot in the, in the heavyweight division. Um, but I don't know. We'll, I mean, Jerry Forrest, let's, let's like, not... You know, let's let's not undersell this. Jerry Forrest is now one, four, and two in his last seven fights. Like Jerry Forrest <laughs> didn't come in here with the uh, the best argument for like he's about to win this. Yeah, like this is gonna be like a tough fight. Like I, I don't know. Like people are selling the win as like a great win. I guess like Jerry Forrest was in some competitive fights recently with some decent names, but like I don't know. It didn't really do it for me. He didn't look he didn't look like thoroughly prepared, like dangerous. Maybe I, mean, I don't know. I'll give maybe that's like just over. Maybe that's too pessimistic. I, I'll give I'll give Jerry Force this. It's like he's a durable guy. I don't know that I've ever seen him come out like this, but he's he's largely a durable guy. And like, so for Jared Anderson to come out, force the force the issue, and then get the stoppage, I'll say that's that's decent. You know, um, on the other also on the undercard we had uh, Xander Zayas versus Alexis Salazar. Uh, what do you make of young Xander Zayas? I mean, we've gotten quite a big... I think we've pro- he's probably fought on TV now like 10 times in his career. He is- so I was on the phone with my buddy, shout out to KO, and he, he said a, a reference that like felt right to me, and I thought it was so funny, so I want to share it. He said Xander Zayas gives him uh, Vito Melnicki vibes. <laughs> well, I mean, they're, they're, there's they're two kids really that started boxing at 18. Uh, they've been getting televised spots since they were like 18. They're both. Like well, they became 20. professionals at 18, is what you meant, like what you mean by that. Yeah. So yeah, they both fight in the same division. I think, I think Zayas is better, but I mean, I am not sold on either one. Right, and I I think that's what his take was. Is like he, they're 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 both kind of like like uh, like one dimensional. They're still in the learning phases. Both uh, PBC and top rank want both of these two guys to be like next up, but it doesn't seem like they're quite there yet. It's like a little premature for both guys. Well, so it's premature in the sense that like. I don't think that they either of them deserve to be spotlighted the way they are. That's and that's what I meant by that comment. 
Yeah. So like I I, I don't want to see Zayas on like the main broadcast anymore. Like he's he he's probably like ten fights away from like this dude being dangerous, you know, like um you're looking at this guy and it's like, look, this this is the next guy. If we put him in, in a showcase, he is going to maul somebody, you know. Um I, I guess like where Jared Anderson is, you know, I think he's like 10 fights away from that. Probably maybe, maybe you can, you know, shorten that to, a f- you know, take a few off depending on the matchups. He's also getting, you know, he's 20 years old. So like, as he starts to develop, uh, get that man strength, maybe that shortens, but like, I I don't think that right now these types of fights should be on the main broadcast, but like, I mean, that's just what it is at this point. There's so much boxing. It's all diluted. So, like, you know, you got to fill those, those slots somehow. But that was a rough performance from from Zayas. I think um, he looked pretty one-dimensional at times. Um, he's, you know, obviously able to get the win. He's obviously able to um, be effective with his offense. But the defense needs work. He got hit with a lot of punches. Yes, he won um, just about every round. But that wasn't... Uh, a fantastic performance whatsoever and so um yeah i definitely think that they gotta and like we were talking so on our patreon if you want to hear sort of this go sign up for our patreon but before we recorded we recorded a patreon podcast and we were talking about boxing like 2012 2013 and just like the the amount of fights that we see today that would have never made it to air back in the day there would have been no way to watch those fights. And there's pros and cons to that. But like one of the pros is that you don't overexpose somebody before um, before they're ready. And Zayas is a, is a good example of that. There's, I mean, there's so many examples of that actually for like prospect level guys. But like Zayas is an example of like, you're gonna, f- people are gonna start making up their mind about him before this guy even has a chance to like, truly discover who he is as a fighter and that can do damage to a fighter um in my opinion at least uh (laughs) so yeah um and then sort of similar about Keyshawn. Keyshawn fought juan carlos burgos not able to knock out burgos which to date um the knockout of juan carlos burgos has eluded many fighters, great fighters, good fighters, you know, Devin Haney, um, Mikey Garcia. Wait, no, it wasn't Mikey Garcia. No, that was Jonathan Burgos, I think. Yeah, but um, yeah, you just can't stop. Yeah, no, it was Mikey. You just aren't going to stop Burgos, but Keyshawn lit him up over eight rounds. Um, couldn't hurt him, couldn't stop him. Burgos wasn't really trying to win the fight. But, I mean, you know, he, he wasn't going to win even if he tried. Yeah. Um, Keyshawn. Actually, remember we were discussing this, right? And I, I do want to, like, bring up a little bit of what we said. And, I, like, I feel like Keyshawn will be undefeated until, like, his 30s. And it's really a testament to how top-ranked matches their guys. And not to say, like, I don't want – because, like, you were, like, you sound like you want him to lose. No. I don't want Keyshawn to lose. I want fighters to be great. But what I'm saying about how top-ranked matches are guys is, like, we're not going to see Keyshawn in, like, a 
Errol Spence versus Kell Brook in Sheffield. Or like a Keith Thurman versus Sean Porter. Or Wilder versus Ortiz. Or I don't know. Andre Ver- Ward versus Carl Fry- uh, Mikel Kessler. Like, Top Ring doesn't do that. Keyshawn's a great fighter. He'll have success at 135. He'll get his WBO belt eventually when it shakes loose. Um, move up to 140. They'll match him the right way. He'll look like a stud. He'll get to, he'll get on the pound for pound top, you know, five. But it'll just be unfortunate that, like, I don't foresee him being in that, like, okay, like, now, like, he really is that dude fight. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I can, I can definitely. And I, I, I just say all that to, real quick to like, kind of like sum up what I was saying is like, like the point is like, what kind of prospect is Keyshawn, right? Is he boots? Cause they're, they're only a year apart. Is he boots level? Uh, probably not. He's good though. Maybe like with Shakur and Devin. Uh, and no, like, I don't think so. You, do you think he's below or above? I think he's below Shakur. Shakur is, you can say what you want about Shakur, uh, his power. You can say what you want about how entertaining it is to watch him. But I think Shakur is legitimately really good. Like, how, shit, I may have messed up. Boots may be two years older than uh, Keyshawn, and Keyshawn may be one year younger than Shakur. Wow. Now that I think about there's, it. There's this amazing thing we've got called the internet. And so we'll call box this all up. So Shout Keyshawn Davis is 23 years old. Okay. Boots is 25 years old. Now, the big question is how old is Shakur Stevenson? I'll look up Shakur's info from the uh, um, lawsuit case <laughs> going on with J. Prince Jr.'s son, which. You know, when Offset got shot, Shakur was just standing right there. Um, I'm not saying that he did it, by the way. He was just there. 25 years old. Okay. Dude, who picks the pictures for BoxRec? Like, this picture of Keyshawn is, like, embarrassingly bad. I'm not even, like, a fan of Keyshawn in that way. Like, I'm not out here trying to simp for him. I only simp for, like, a couple of fighters. And... But even I'm like, come on, why you do Keyshawn like this, man? I bring up the age thing only to prove, like, or only to, like, think about, like, what were guys doing at, like, respective ages? And, like, how did it look? Like, Boots, even though he hasn't got a belt yet, is, like, annihilating everything. Like, I, Boots, like, like has he has anyone seen, like, the eighth round against Boots? Like, it's he just is, he's... That devastating. It's ridiculous. Shakur already, I think he was already a champion at Keyshawn's age, right? I think so. Boots has never uh, been past the sixth round. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> but. Well, um, I, I just don't think Keyshawn's a, like a power puncher like that. Boots is a power puncher. Boots is there to put people unconscious like that's what he's trying to do i mean if you're gonna make the case to me it's like no 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 boots has just got like deontay power or something similar to deontay power okay fine i'm not gonna argue against that but i think the styles are completely different boots is hitting guys like at unique 
like win, in, in at unique windows of like when you throw a counter, you know, he throws the shots from crazy angles, you know, whatever. Um, Keyshot's more of like a traditional, like he's pretty predictable in what he's going to do, but that doesn't mean predictable in a bad way. It just means like he attacks like by the book and there's a reason why it's in the book. You know, it is very effective. It's just not like gamble type of shots that Boots is throwing where Boots is like slumping dudes in the first or second round. Uh, and maybe you could just say like Boots is stronger. Okay, fine. But anyway, your point about like Keyshawn being undefeated until he's probably 30. I mean, look, he's got seven years to go. And I, I, I don't honestly think that he's probably good enough that like assuming he doesn't fight Shakur. And I don't think they ever will, by the way. But um, assuming he doesn't fight Shakur, like that's like not entirely unreasonable because I do think Keyshawn is good. Um, my my bigger takeaway though is that like he is good, but he is not ready. And I think that the conversation around him pre-fight was that he was ready. And when I say ready, I mean like ready for like you know title opportunity, fighting top guys. Um, you know, not that I don't think he could sneak away with a win against a top guy. But from what I saw last night, I don't know that what he's doing right now is going to translate immediately. I do think that he's going to need a couple of... He still needs the development fights of guys who are going to push push him back and and, and who are going to make him fight defensively or, or not defensively, but like responsibly because they got some power and some strength. Um. But yeah, I, I'm still like, okay, got it. I, Keyshawn is still very much a prospect, and he's a good one. Just like, you know, we can pump our brakes. This isn't in a way, you know, when he was 3-0, and and it was like, oh, shit, this guy might, he might actually beat a world champion. That's not quite what I see with, with Keyshawn. I do wonder about Keyshawn's power, but I guess we'll we'll see more as he, he fights on. I, wanna, I don't want to commit too early about yeah, his power yeah, being yeah. shaken, but... I mean... I will say this, like if you look at his his box record, if you've watched his fights, um, there's only been a couple of guys that he's gotten to early. Even the guys that he's um, that he's stopped, and he has five stoppages. A lot of, or I guess at this point, like half of them came late in the fight. They weren't early, which is like accumulation style puncher, kind of like Oscar Valdez, who's like Valdez isn't like a big, you know, strong. You know, he's always, like, got guys wobbly-legged, but he does hurt them, largely, uh, and, and it's through accumulation, you know. And I think maybe Keyshawn could be that type of guy, which, you know, okay, fine. Uh, all right, let's talk about um, Terrence Crawford. So Terrence Crawford, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to talk about this because, like, there's a big cloud that hangs over Terrence Crawford. And that is Errol Spence. But um, so he fights David Avanesian. This was uh, on BLK Prime pay-per-view, which uh, I don't know. If somebody posted on Reddit that yesterday the app had a total of 5,000 da- downloads, according to Apple. <laughs> which is like a pretty big red flag in terms of like how many people order the pay-per-view. Uh, but... He fights David Avanesian, a fight that we all thought we were going to get the Errol Spence fight, and he decided that he would would prefer to fight David Avanesian on some completely unknown, unheralded, and really sketchy-looking BLK Prime. 
it looked like a sparring match. I want to read something from our chat because um, somebody just came out in the chat and said this. I don't get why people say Crawford looked out of his prime or whatever. He looked very comfortable. And also, why does it matter if he doesn't bounce in the ring? Who knows how the ring set by BLK Prime was. Maybe it was harder than usual or something. Plus, maybe he felt like fighting this way versus Avanesian. He looked very comfortable, in my opinion. He didn't look washed, in my opinion, if any. When people loosely say his fighting to the level of opponents, you know it's BS. And it doesn't apply here either. But I think Crawford was in control all night, so why bother? Um, I bring that up to say, like, I haven't seen anybody say that stuff. But, like, I guess people weren't thrilled with Terrence Crawford. I don't know. I... There were some people on Twitter that were saying that they were saying um, Crawford didn't look so sharp, but it's like tricky because a lot of people just don't like Crawford. So you have to be very careful with like what you're reading. I don't like him either, but like uh, that's definitely not what I saw. Yeah, but you're willing to be honest. Like some some people are just like, ah, he's ass. Like it's it's like it's not that. Here's what we got to talk about. All right. Any, like, if this was Josh Warrington, if this was Tiafima Lopez, no one would be talking about anything else other than this. And that is, and I, Terrence Crawford, his fucking gloves tore, and the stuffing was coming out. And they stop and look at the gloves and just say, go ahead and fight on. And then immediately he gets the knockout. I'm not saying that anything crazy happened, but that, like, or no, I'm not saying anything. Something certainly crazy did happen. What I mean is how is this not something that everyone is talking about? And the only thing I can come to is that the reason why nobody's talking about this is because nobody watched it because that is a big deal. Like, if you're gonna go the the like do the mental gymnastics to say that Terrence to say that Terrence Crawford looked anything close to out of his prime or shot or or old or whatever these people are saying, if you're gonna like do that level of like I don't know like you're gonna stretch that far, clearly you'd want to be talking about this glove thing because it's like that is some weird shit. And like my my bigger takeaway, I don't think anything crazy, like I don't think anything illicit was happening. I just think this like, dude, this is why big fights should not be happening in like these places where the commissions aren't fully prepared. Because like for for the sake of integrity, maybe replace the gloves. Just maybe. Like, I don't know, man. Anything could have happened. I don't think anything did happen here because it's like Terrence Crawford does not need any assistance to uh, dispose of a fighter of David Avanesian's caliber. But, like, dude, you you can't let this guy fight with his fucking stuffing of the gloves coming out. It's ridiculous. Don't disagree. I have have no objections. Um, I, I did see Fred... Mentioned he, he, I think he wrote in the chat actually. Do you know how hard it is to bust open new gloves? And I, I have no experience with gloves. Um, I don't know, I feel like Fred's probably been watching boxing a bit longer than me. Um, but it's, it's weird. I mean, I've watched enough boxing to know I've never seen that before. 
So like, I don't, I don't quite understand how your glove busts open when they're brand new from like straight from Everlast. So it's definitely strange, but no, I, um, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know how hard it is because I'm not a professional fighter. In another lifetime, I will be, and I will be <laughs> like the greatest journeyman you'll ever see. Um, and Keyshawn Davis won't knock me out. I can guarantee you that. But I have touched the gloves before, and I like I don't ever recall seeing gloves rip like that. Now, like my anecdotal evidence means absolutely nothing. But yeah, it is really strange. And like, I don't know, why are we not replacing the gloves? I just don't get that. Like, it, it, it just, it, it seems like complete um, negligence on the back, on behalf of the Omaha commission that, or the Nebraska commission that they didn't, they didn't know what to do in this situation or they even allowed him to continue. Like, how how does that I, I'm trying to think like what would the equivalent be in like other sports? Like I don't know, like the 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 gloves are there to protect both fighters. And they were compromised in some way. Like even if like you know you should as a as a referee assume that if they're open like that, they could have potentially been tampered with. So like they they've gotta go. But super weird everlast has some explaining to do because like you can't provide terrence crawford with some like legit gloves come on now people russ amber whoever else is involved with everlast shame on you guys uh in terms of the fight though i mean i i think it's ridiculous to have like if any if you have any negative take about terrence crawford after the fight that only involves around the fight his post-fight interview was a fucking joke but um in terms of like the actual fight it just looked like a guy's like, I don't have to really, I don't got to lock in until I need to. And he just looked like a guy's like, look, I know this David Avenesian guy can't, can't mess with me. So I'm just going to, you know, read him, wait for my time. And like, dude, did you notice how squared up Avenesian was when he got caught? Like his footwork was, it failed him pretty badly because he was squared up with Crawford for like 15 seconds before Crawford threw that combination. But his feet totally planted shoulder width apart um and both face both of them on a straight line facing terrence crawford that dude was begging for that knockout to come and if you give a guy like crawford who you know top talent in the sport or is a top talent in the sport he's gonna find you and he's gonna put you away and, and that's exactly what happened i don't got anything else to say about the fight i think like the talking points around the fight are more interesting than the fight itself. I mean, everyone, anyone with a brain knew that Terrence Crawford was going to stop uh, Avedesian. Uh, the only question would be, like, what round? You know, I saw some disingenuous people like, oh, Avedesian's not that bad. It's just like, uh, he's not this level, man. I mean, like, I don't even think he's like a top 15 welterweight, to be totally honest. Bob Arum washed him pretty badly. He, <laughs> he was, he basically called him a journeyman and like laughed that mean machine had knocked him out. Which kind of like Our occasional honest moment. I think Bob Arum has a lot of honest moments that people just don't pick up on.
because you kind of assume that he's lying. But like there are times when Bob Arum tells the truth and um, he's right on the money. I mean, in hindsight, he was on the money about Terrence Crawford. He was telling the truth the whole time, I think. He was. And it's like he's done a, quite a few fighters dirty. So many people didn't want to believe Bob on the Terrence Crawford thing, but he was 100% right. But yeah, I, I like, you know, I'm curious, like, what happens from here, right? Like, what happens with BLK Prime? What happens with Crawford? Like, what does the gate end up looking like? I saw the attendance numbers, and I, I have a hard time believing them. You know, like, they're going to report what they report. But, like, so, B, so BLK Prime does a better gate than any of Crawford's HBO no, or ESPN The cards. gate is not released. Yeah, yeah, it is. No, it's not. I'm sorry. No, no, wait. I'm sorry. The attendance, the attendance, the attendance, the attendance. Maybe. Um, Don't maybe. buy that. It's, no. Okay, so think about this for a second. Terrence Crawford slapped David Benavides during their waiting. It was on ESPN. Like, it made ESPN top 10. The, this card that happened yesterday, that had zero marketing, zero promotion, zero anything, did a bigger gate than that? I mean, I'm sorry, bigger attendance? Pe or Crawford's undisputed fight against Indongo? That, people from it, Nebraska, I, I apologize in advance for what I'm about to say. Nebraska? Whatever it's called. Um, Whatever. I'm not going there. I don't have to worry about it. See, I am from there. No, but my people from, you know, from Omaha, my apologies in advance. But you really think these people have had anything to, like, go to in the past three years since the pandemic just ran through and brought the country to a halt, the world to a halt? They, they've not had a fucking event there, like, since then. College sports, maybe, but, like, come on now. They haven't had nothing to, to, to go to. I guess that's like the only angle. The tickets were cheap. It wasn't hard to get out to the fight. Tickets were cheap. They were on Groupon. So I guess we shall. I, we'll see I the think ever, that the Will the gate come out, do you think? I don't think Nebraska releases gate information. So no. They'll report yeah, whatever they report. I don't think so either. But just know that like based off of the price of the tickets and the amount that they sold like that that was gonna be like basically on par with what terrence crawford has done before in nebraska which is to say you can it's cool to pack a lot of people in there but that ain't you know bringing in multi-millions of dollars that's just not what it is because like in realistically like outside of new york la las vegas you don't do millions of dollars uh, in um you don't do millions of dollars unless you're in one of those big cities or you go to like a like an AT&T stadium where you can sell like 40, 50,000 tickets or whatever. Okay, cool. But um, that's just not what it, what it really is. So, But they'll report whatever they report because they want to play this whole game of like making Terrence Crawford look like he's got more leverage in a negotiation with Errol Spence than he actually does. The reality is he doesn't. And like I don't the, – the thing is I, I feel like fans kind of like forget that like just because – and it's like projection really. Like – you think that, and, and I'm guilty of doing this too. Um, I have to catch myself and like, you know, set myself straight sometimes. But 
Or I do it to Lex. But like, you know, you you assume that because you think a particular way with the variables that you have in your your head that are available to you, that that must be the way promoters and and managers and all these network people that, that must be the way they think. But it's like, no, actually, they got a lot more information than we do. And so in the case of like, oh well, if Terrence Crawford, if they just report out that Terrence Crawford did you know whatever he did at the gate and sold all these tickets and stuff that means that he's got better negotiating position with errol spence and it's like no when you're dealing at that level like you got to provide proof for that stuff or you, you do your homework you know on one side and make sure that what they're saying is the truth you don't just take nobody's word for it you don't millions of dollars are at stake here you ain't just um making commitments like that or or, or believing what somebody said just because they said it so they can say whatever they want. They can report whatever they want. But the reality is, I think the big talking point is like, this should have been an easy layup for Terrence Crawford. You know, he had the fight. He won the fight. Gloves aside, which, you know, that's, the you know, whatever. All you had to do in the post-fight interview, it just say you wanted to fight Errol Spence. Why did he duck the question? Yo, like, like we know who this guy is at this point. I, I feel like it's almost like facetious to ask that question. Terrence Crawford is m- way too arrogant and self-inflated to like to just go out there and be like, "Yeah, I want Arrow." He's not gonna do it. Like him and his team believe that he's the A side and that he doesn't have to be the one calling people out. And, like, he has enough supporters, like, his inner circle or whatever, to, like, justify that in his own mind. So he's not going to call out Errol. And and for real, whoever is behind BLK Prime clearly seem okay paying him exorbitant amounts of money without getting anything back. So, like, he has something to fall back on. And so... He's not going to come out and just say it like, like this is his like and this is why it's like so pathetic. Like this is his little like pissing contest against PBC. Like I'm not going to grovel to PBC like I don't need you guys. It's like, bro, like you think PBC is like some like evil empire. It's, it's not that complicated, man. Like either you want the fight or you don't. Um, and I don't think he wants like this isn't Floyd. Oscar, this isn't Wilder Fury one to three. This isn't Arrow versus Brook. Like the dude doesn't want to fight that bad, to be honest. He just doesn't. Like he 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 wants to fight, but in the real world of boxing, certain things have to happen for you to get a fight like this, and he's not willing to do those things. I mean, shit, like. What let like let's this is something I've never really even talked or thought about. What do you think Errol Spence had to do to get the Pacquiao fight? Uh like he probably took a shitty deal for real. I no, I think he just said, Al, I want the Pacquiao fight. Al said, Okay. Well, of course everyone's gonna say, Yeah, I want the Pacquiao fight, but like you think Pacquiao's like, Yeah, I'll, I'll fight Errol, no big deal. Like the dude was eating soup out of a ladle against Ugas. Like what was Arrow gonna do to him? <laughs> well, well, I mean that's a totally different thing. But um, I think um, I I just I just say that to say like, yo, when there are these big fights, 
and you're not the A side, sometimes you have to like make little concessions. And I just think Bud and his team have their heads so far up their asses. They don't want to make any concessions. And and they all because of this this new BLK Prime thing that popped up out of nowhere at the most convenient time of Bud's career, they don't have to make any concessions. Yeah, I mean, I think that Crawford's whole position in the, in the negotiation is crazy. Um, you know, I, there's very clearly somebody in his ear that's feeding him misinformation. And like, here's the thing. The one thing that's like the big red flag for Terrence Crawford in this whole thing is like the one dude who's like, you would think that would be on your side in like your little campaign against PBC would be Eddie Hearn. And Eddie Hearn thinks Crawford is delusional. And so like, I mean, it's really clear, like, you know, if you actually look at the numbers and all this stuff, it's like Terrence Crawford's clearly in the position where he's got to make the concessions. It doesn't have to be Errol Spence as the A side. Um, but for whatever reason, he just either he either just doesn't want the fight, or he's never gonna accept anything that's not on his terms. And like that's one hundred percent like if that's what he wants to do, that's fine. But like okay, that comes with consequences, and like the consequences, like a large part of the fan base is just gonna turn on you. And it, it seems like if you... But he, yo, he's proven. Real quick, keep your point, but I just want to say he's proven he doesn't... He, he gives, like, not a single fuck about that. Yeah, well, I mean... <laughs> I, I have a casual boxing um, fan family member. And so it's always interesting to hear what what he asked me about and what he doesn't ask me about when I see him. I saw him on Friday. I unfortunately uh, did not receive one remark about Terrence Crawford from him. So, and this is kind of like why I wanted to talk about what we talked about on the pre-pod. It's like, yo, for any product, there has to be some level of like, like your this this product is for a consumer. There's there's no market for like just Bud Crawford fans for real for real. Like you can't spend ten million dollars on his purse alone and hope to be making back for Bud Crawford fans. This is boxing. You have to put up put on a good product and care about entertaining fans. And that goes for both Bud and whoever's behind BLK Prime. And they they don't care. Like Bud is happy taking his ten million and saying, I don't care what you think. Like you he said in one of the interviews, he's like, the fans won't be there to do this, that in the third for you. Which is true, but like when we get mad at you and say we're not going to order the fight or watch the fight, you can't cry about it. So whatever, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, here's a question because I'm sure everyone wants to know: What do you think happens next for Bud? I can't say I don't care. I mean, you can say you don't care. <laughs> um. Yeah, so we're going to edit out the silence, but for, for for those of you who are now listening to it, um, yeah, I'm taking some long pauses here. Put a timestamp in there. I'm not putting a timestamp. I'm just, <laughs> I'm going to say that it's Josh Taylor. 
I'm not mad at that. I don't know. I don't. I don't think he's in a fight, Errol. I don't like. I'm fifty-one percent sure he's not gonna fight Errol. I just don't think that Errol's team's ever gonna like truly like look at Terrence Crawford and say like, "Yeah, we're just gonna." We're, we are going to acquiesce to your demands. That's just not what's going to happen. And Terrence Crawford's way, like the, his philosophy for how he's going to do business, which is like, oh, give me the money up front. Like also repeating like complete like myths. You're literally repeating myths. It is so funny. There was an interview this past week where like Terrence Crawford says effectively myths, which is like, oh, they support boxing more in the UK and you get paid more over there. And the interviewer was like, hold up no that's that's not true and terrence crawford's like but you're making my point and the guy was like what <laughs> you know crawford effectively making himself look like he just doesn't know what he's talking about but like i, I don't know it seems hard it, like it's hard for me to imagine that somebody's going to be able to reach this guy and realize like hey dude you do know that like just having this fight in vegas um this is a big fight and you just got to trust that you two are about to break the bank on this. Like everyone wants to see this fight, and uh, yeah, I I don't I don't know that he has that come to Jesus moment where like he realizes like this is what it is with this fight. So I don't know. I mean, I also wouldn't be shocked if he fought like Virgil Ortiz or um, uh, Stanionis, but those are mo- less likely. I think I think the Josh man, I would have been happy if instead of. Avanesi and it was Josh Taylor. Like, I do think he's going to, like, he'd beat Josh Taylor pretty easily, too. But, like, that's a fight at least I can, like, find myself interested in. I'm not, like, I was not interested in Avanesi whatsoever. So, yeah. Wait, do you have a prediction? For his next fight? Uh, I would just say 49% arrow, 51% other. You know, I just, like you oh, said, I just he's don't going think other. He, this guy just yeah, I mean, it's just like a other because like because for real, if it's not Arrow, no one's gonna care. So it's yeah. just like who cares? Like it's, it's just, uh, some other guy. Bro, the emptying the clip of one. his 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 boxing knowledge reserve. <laughs> <laughs> I just go with other. He's <laughs> like what, who? Like if it's okay, well, if it's boots, that would be cool, but it's not gonna be boots. No. So so scratch that. Could be Virgil. If it's Virgil, that would be dope, but I don't think it'd be Virgil. If it's Stan Jonas, that'd be I wouldn't like that. And Josh Taylor, I, I don't like that really. So uh I don't know. I'll just say I just this. don't think his I don't think his team like I said, I don't I don't think they want to take concessions. I mean Arrow, I believe Arrow, right? He said he'd be willing to come out first. Like, they, they were making ridiculous concessions to make the fight happen, and it somehow still didn't happen. Well, and I've listened to all of Bud's interviews. I've listened to Red Talk. And the one thing that's consistently missing is, like, they can't articulate why the fight didn't happen. They just say, oh, we wanted transparency. Oh, the business people at PBC didn't want Arrow to lose. And that's not, like, really a reason why a fight doesn't happen, man. Like, were they guaranteeing you zero dollars? Were they guaranteeing you like like one percent of the pay-per-view? Like what was the straw that broke the camel's back for you to go to Black Prime 
you, you they haven't said they've never said it but has done like six total hours of talking about why the fight didn't happen and there's there hasn't been one time where he said like something that was like all right well i i get it you know like that makes sense it just hasn't come up yet yeah hard i mean the reasons have been very largely conceptual like it's like you hear it and you know you like you get what they're saying it's like okay transparency but at the same time it's like but that's conceptual what transparency did you not get um and so i i i think like um you know the big thing about it like is terence crawford told or not terence crawford errol told him post the contract if if you're so mad about the contract and transparency post it then and let people decide you know what's what and that dude went silent now, as somebody who's a nerd, now his, stuff, his response to that was like something about like, oh, I don't want to get sued. If Arrow wants to post, if Arrow wants a contract posted, why doesn't he post it? Oh, like he God. tried to flip it or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just like, okay, dude, you're just not being serious here. But like, if 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 you got the receipt, show it then. And at, you know, there's there's two reasons why like I'm like stuck on that. It's like one, it, it does seem like that's like kind of like the mic drop of like, okay, if you what you're saying is justified, you would post the 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 thing that literally spells everything out, and people will see, oh, he's making a great point, and you know, the, there isn't whatever. But the other part is like, I just want to see the contract because like, you know, that's good content if we talk about that. But anyway. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Overall, I thought like, if you watch club boxing of which like I dabble here and there, um, you know, I saw people saying like, oh, it wasn't a bad production or whatever. It's like, uh, actually it was, um, but it's actually become pretty easy to make your boxing look professional enough. And so they, you know, it, it, the picture was clear and you could hear everybody so that was good but i mean like i don't know this thing's still pretty janky to me um okay and then the last fight that we had oh, i guess there's a couple more fights we had to talk about um do you watch josh warrington's fight with luis lopez no but i just saw i i was like checking the timeline and it, it sounded like josh warrington put luis lopez's life in danger <laughs> All right, I'm not going to go that far. Okay, that's a little dramatic. Um, <laughs> but so let, let me give my history with Josh Warrington. I first watched like watched Josh Warrington like on those like matchroom undercards or whatever, and he was just like another guy. And then, but the the gimmick behind Josh Warrington was he like 12 and 0, 13 and 0, zero knockouts. And so the. And he, the first knockout he got, I, I still remember, was also like a dramatic stoppage. Like referee stepped in for Josh to get his first knockout. It was like a huge victory for him. And since then, he's like piled up a couple more, you know. And he's always been a guy that's like, it's cool to, to like cheer for him. But like over time, he's turned into a very dirty fighter. Leads with his head a lot. Like just somehow, some way, there just seems to be headbutts with this dude. And, um, a lot of punches behind the head and all this stuff. And it like came to a head really poorly last night where um, he did a lot of crazy shit in that fight. And I thought he was still going to get a decision because like he was still relatively competitive. And like Luis Lopez, 
I like him and he's like fun to watch, but he's also not that good. I mean, like anyone with good fundamentals is going to beat him because he's like pretty wild and unpredictable, which is good. But also it, it just looks like this is a guy with, with that doesn't have a strong fundamental base. And so like, you know, you push it together um, and you're going to beat him. And, but yeah, they didn't, they did it. They, they gave, uh, they gave him the decision, but it was a really like, just a, a fights with lots of headbutts are really frustrating to watch. And that was definitely one of them. So anyway, I, I'm happy for Luis Lopez though. Cause I do like, you know, I, I don't think he's great, but I do enjoy watching him. So I'm cool with seeing that guy have success. And I hope to be done with Josh Warrington, like forever. I don't want to watch Josh Warrington fight anymore. Like it's just one too many times with the headbutts that like, all right, dude, I'm good with you. And so, yeah, that's it. Funny, like, man, I don't know why they did this. Why did they just move the fight? But, like, they put the England game, the soccer game for the World Cup. They put the England game on in the stadium. England loses in, like, really, because I, I watched the game. So, like, I do know a little bit about what I'm talking about here. They lost in, like, a pretty sad way. Like, I think it was really disappointing the way that England had lost. They, like, gave up a goal early, and then um, they tied it off of a penalty kick. And then they got another... Oh, then France scores. And then so England has a chance to tie it off a penalty kick, if I remember correctly. And the dude kicked the ball, like, 40 feet in the air. <laughs> Missed. And they, went, they wind up losing the game. Now, imagine you're an English person... At the Josh Warrington fight, you just watch your country lose on the biggest stage possible, and then Josh Warrington loses too. Like I, I don't know, man. I couldn't have been trusted to drive home from that event if it was me. I don't feel bad for the UK. <laughs> no, no, I mean like, uh, it's. I guess I'm not sympathizing, but I'm just saying like I would not have wanted to be in that position. And then uh, Manny Pacquiao returned in an exhibition last night. I'm not going to really get into it, and there's nothing to talk about here. Manny says he may want to fight Terrence Crawford or um, Errol Spence. Like, dude, your last fight, you, you lost to Ugas. Like, no one should be, like, seriously entertaining a fight with Manny Pacquiao at this point if you're, like, an Errol Spence or a Terrence Crawford. Um, but Manny's uh, exhibition was, was, it was somewhat entertaining, um, he definitely, the, 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 the funnest part was from the referee. The referee had some crazy moments. Um, at one point he was going to stop the fight and I think he did stop the fight, but the dude told him I'm good. And so the ref changed his mind and says, "Never mind, let him, I'll, I'll let them go. So they keep fighting some more. There was one part where Manny hurts the guy on, in, on the ropes and the ref stopped steps in and gave Manny a warning for like something like punching behind the head or something like that which he clearly wasn't. And then in the last round, Manny dropped this guy. Like, just a quick little sneaky shot. Manny drops him, and the ref literally picked the guy up. Like, he just grabbed him by the arm and pulled him up. And I, I, I don't know, maybe he bet on stoppage. Like, Manny's, Manny's going to definitely stop this guy. And he was trying to make it happen, but the time ran out, so he didn't. But entertaining. I'm very happy with these, you know, Pacquiao and Floyd exhibitions. But um, I'm not really, I'm not really interested in seeing these guys fight for real. 
So those were the fights. We, that is taking a long time. So all we got left in terms of time to do is to talk about this coming week. We have Michelle Rivera and Frank Martin. This is a great fight. It is a great matchup between um, two young undefeated guys who are really on the cusp of like being a tested challenger. Because there's a lot of challengers at like any division, you know. But there are the guys who are te- the tested challengers. I think like at um, you know, you look at welterweight. Technically, a guy like Shakram Giasov is a challenger, but he ain't tested. You know, we don't know what he's got. Um, Stanionis definitely tested. Connor Ben untested. You know, Rishidi Ellis I think is close enough to being tested at this point. Um, and Rivera and Frank Martin are two dudes. And it, it, I feel like it's rare that we're getting these types of matchups now where you have guys that are untested and the and instead of waiting for their title shot, they're just fighting each other and they're going to let it the chips fall where they may in a risky fight like this. I mean, I think it's... I think it's a good time for... The little like the PBC guys at 135 to start getting matched up. It's a shame that there's not like a few more, but between Frank, Ali, Pitbull, Roly, if he can still make the weight, um, ten. You know, Tanks obviously they're doing his thing, but um, you know, I think it's the right time, man. I think this is a good fight. I'm I'm hyped for it. I'm rolling with Martin, but won't be surprised if Rivera wins. It's like a it's a fifty fifty fight. You're not wrong either way. Uh, I don't have anything else to say about it really. I'm just happy we're getting something good to close out the year. Who do you think wins? No, I said I think I'm I think Frank Martin is going to win. One thing I noticed about Michelle Rivera that no one really talks about is he he tends to get hurt like one time per fight. It, it, now it hasn't happened recently, and I, I'll attribute that to him improving but like I think Frank Martin will be able to capitalize on like his tiny mistakes and I think if he gets him hurt he may finish him now it's like not the most like articulate and like scientific take but it's what I have but I, I like I like Michelle Rivera I think he's a dope fighter I think he could pull it out and I won't be mad at whoever wins it's one of those good fights where like you could be happy either way pretty much I think both of these guys are still really young and like, um, you know, they're, they're choosing a path that they probably didn't need to in terms of like getting to a title, but I'm happy that they are now. Here's where like, I'm conflicted about this is I want to go to this fight. Some Vegas. It's not too far from me. Um, it's a 17 fight card. They got everyone and their mother fighting on this card. And I, 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 you know, no one wants to hear about my personal problems, but definitely if you want to, you can hit me up. But essentially, I've been double booked on this day, even though I said that I was going to go to the fight. And now I'm like in this situation where I don't like, do I, like, I, I got to move things around to like get myself here to, to watch all these fights. Um, so I don't I don't know what I'm gonna do here, but there's some, um, yeah. But I I think 
I, I've kind of, this is one of the few fights that like I've actually gone back and forth. Usually I make up my mind pretty early on how a fight's going to go and I don't really change it. Um, but, you know, Rivera and Martin, I think Frank Martin's going to win a decision. And um, the only thing that that troubles me about that is I think Rivera has a level of athleticism and um, creativity, I guess I'm going to say, that he may do something we're not expecting and catch Martin at some point. Uh, on the other hand, I think Rivera is not as good of a boxer as he thinks he is. He's not Ali. And if it becomes a boxing match, I, I just find it really hard based off of what I've seen from both guys. I find it really hard to think or to see Rivera being able to win a boxing match against Frank Martin, you know, if, if it just comes down to that. And I do want to say that they do have one opponent in common being Jerry Perez. Uh, at least that sticks out from like a quick glance that I remember. And Martin knocked him out. Michelle Rivera could not. So just something to consider. Oh, anyway. we're on the same page on that one. Undercard is going to be Jose Uzkategi versus Vladimir Shishkin. Vincent Ashalavio versus Nikolai Potapov. Um, not amazing, uh, if I do say so myself. But I think the real interesting fights on this card, at least, yeah, I mean, the, the main event itself, you know, that speaks for itself. That, like, if you are a hardcore boxing fan or if you're a boxing fan, this is everything you want in the sport right here. If it's not like, you know, big names, this is a great competitive fight between two dudes looking to prove something. Um, but the undercard, like, there's like cool things in the undercard that I personally am like interested in seeing. Like, I want to see Yoani's Argelagos. Um, he lost his last fight. And so I'm really curious to see what this guy looks like. You know, he was a great amateur. Don't look like he's a great pro. Kenneth Sims will be in action. Brandon Lee will be in action. Uh, uh, I don't even know how to describe this without um, laughing, but Omar Juarez versus Austin Dulé is a hilarious and amazing matchup uh, amongst, like, C-level fighters. And then there's a bunch of, like, young guys who, you know, be interesting to see. But anyway... That's this weekend, and then after that, we got Christmas, and so we're going to have to figure out what we are going to talk about, because we have not been graced with a Christmas. Oh, I think I forgot. the. Um, this is why you can't be doing fights on the on the weekdays. I'm just going to say that right now. Uh, in a way, fights on Tuesday. So it's an undisputed fight at Bantamweight, and normally an undisputed fight, we'd take a, some time to breathe a little bit, but he's fighting Paul Butler. I will be shocked if this fight goes over three rounds. Paul Butler, you know, got that interim WBO title against Jonas Sultan. Um, this should have been Casemiro. That's kind of like the the overarching thing is that this should have been Casemiro versus, uh, in a way, it would have been a much... Um, you know, I don't even know if it would have been a more competitive fight, but it would have been a lot more compelling going into it. But because, I mean, Butler effectively just got this title handed to him um you know Casemiro never lost this title this was an interim title that's just been upgraded so that we can do the undisputed fight uh you know 
So not much to say. In a way, going to smoke them. I won't even get up for this because I, I know that's just what's going to happen. In a way, is a little too good for a dude like a Paul Butler. So yeah, that's the weekend. Any final thoughts from you? Uh, no final thoughts, man. Just uh, you know, just get ready for next week. Hit us up on Twitter. Jump into Patreon. Have some good debates. That's it. Uh, yeah, I mean, we did a. We, I think we had a pretty fun conversation on the Patreon before we started about. Um, we talked a lot about just kind of the differences between following the sport, you know, ten years ago versus today, and like the level of fights, you know, discussing. Actually, this dude tried to argue with me about a betting line from two thousand and fucking thirteen, and made me look it up. So yeah, that was right, though. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you want to hear stuff like that. Um, you know, just more boxing discussion, access to the chat, all this stuff. Patreon.com slash Sunday Puncher if you're into it. If you want to leave a podcast rating, uh, you know, wherever you listen to this, that would be really cool. We'd appreciate that. That helps. Um, you know, it does wonders for the self-esteem and all that stuff. So definitely do that. Um, yeah. So with that said, uh, Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Hey, Lex. Yes, sir. Do I still got it? <laughs> <laughs>